You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. want to encourage you if you uh, are taking up a whole row by yourself because you're sitting on the end. Move on into the middle. Make space for people. How exciting that there's so many people here gathering with us today. I can see a bunch standing even in the back, right? So if you move on over, there is a bunch of seats here in the front, though. I'm seeing at least 10, which is great. Uh, And so I know sitting at the front is a little intimidating, but don't worry. You can just (laughs) slip on in. Once again, my name is Cam Daly. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, friends, I cannot tell you just how excited I am to be here at the Inlet Theater. Doesn't it feel good? Honestly, so good. And, uh, and honestly, it's like, what a fantastic facility. Uh, great staff. Seats are comfy. Are you comfortable, right? Oh, my goodness. Those plastic chairs, right? Whew. Right? It was, it, it's, this is a, a major upgrade. Man, great lights, great sound, lots of room to connect. And for those of you who are parents, you've probably already surveyed the kids' rooms. You can see they're big, they're open, they're bright. Uh, and uh, it's a little bit of getting used to on the multiple floor thing, but we'll, we'll get there, right? We'll get there. It's going to be so good. And, uh, you know, I, I think we could get used to this, don't you? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, before uh, I go any further, I do want to do like just say a couple thank yous. Uh, First off, uh, just to thank, you know, the Inlet Theater, the staff, uh, Sarah, Matt, everyone who works here helping make this happen for us to be here. Uh, I'm also so, so grateful uh, for our team. We have an amazing serve team of volunteers. Last year, when Nathan and I were sending out Christmas cards and inviting uh, people to our serve team appreciation stuff, there was like 70 of you who are, uh, you know, who served in this community in one way or another. Can we give it up for our serve team as well? Led by Nathan Borbe, who we can give an extra shout, for, shout out for. But I also want to say thank you to uh, you, church. Honestly, you're an amazing church. Such an incredible group of people. When we first launched, I was shared then, and, and I still feel it now, okay? Uh, just so amazed by the character and the quality of the people that God has brought to be a part of this community. You are what makes the church. The church is a people, not a building. Uh, and so we were the church in Moody Middle, and now we are the church here at the Inlet Theater, uh, and it's because of who you are. Wherever the people of God are, there the church is. And so church, can I thank you? Thank you for... Um, your love. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, Thank you for your commitment to loving your neighbors and serving this city. And uh, it's just been an incredible, incredible journey for us. And so I want to say thank you. Can we give it up for one another? Come on. So good. I was remembering uh, January 23rd, 2022. Okay. We had gotten the call a few weeks earlier that due to Omicron coming to town, said of Santa Claus, uh, there was, uh, we, we were unable to meet at Moody Middle School. And so immediately we pivoted and we moved up to the Burke Room uh, up at the Mariner campus. And it was a really odd season. There was two campuses happening at one time in the same building, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But 
I was looking back at the attendance that Sunday, and it was 52, okay? 52. And now we're up here having to tell you guys to, you know, leave some space for your neighbors and to make some room. Uh, And I just think, wow, God is so faithful. He is so good. Uh, He said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And we're seeing him do that uh, in and through you. And so whether this is your, you've, you've been here since the very beginning, whether this is your first time back in a long time, or whether this is your very first time part of CA Church, Real City Campus, friends, I want you to know you are so, so welcome. I am so grateful to have you here. Uh, and we are just so excited to be the church in this space, in this place, in 2023. You know, um, but most of all, uh, we're thankful to God. Are we not? Most of all, we're thankful to God for who he is, for what he's done. Friends, we have the greatest message on planet Earth. Seriously, like it's just, it is such good news, right? And all I have to do, get up here every week and just share it. And, and, it's, and it's that easy. And we have his spirit who's working alongside of us and his sovereign plan, which we're just kind of a part of. And it's like, it's just this incredible thing that we get to be part of this greater story. Uh, and this is part of his story in this city, in this time, in this place. And I'm so excited about it. But here's the temptation for us. I was thinking about a train illustration, as you've noted, our name is CA Church Rail City Campus, that didn't make as much sense in the school, but then you arrived today and saw a train statue at the front. Isn't that nice they put that up for us, right? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and you started to make sense of the name. Uh, In 1893, I believe, the first uh, commercial train arrived here in Port Moody, and ever since then, the city has found a lot of identity in it. And we as a church, because we are fervently committed to this city, have found some identity in this symbolism, in this imagery. And I was thinking about this train illustration. Here's the temptation for us. The temptation for us as a church is to feel like we've arrived. We've arrived. We're at the destination. It's over. And it couldn't be further from the truth. This is just a station on the journey and the plan that God has for us and that he's unfolding before us. And, and so don't fall into the temptation that somehow we've now arrived as a church. We're here at the Inlet Theater. The hard work is done. Yes, load in is going to be a lot easier. Set up teams like, thank you, Lord, right? Like it's like, right? That's going to be a lot easier. But we get to work in different ways now. We get to work in ways of connecting with one another and loving each other and serving the community. This is where we can start to put that energy and our efforts. And, um, you know, I think my, my friend Michelle shared a, a vision that she had. Now, I know if you're, not, if you're new to church or like things like that and someone starts talking about visions, you're like, ooh, okay, it's that kind of church, right? But, um, but from time to time, we're actually going to see it in today's text. God does give visions and he gives pictures to his people that speak to them and encourage them. And um, she was sharing with me this vision of a train, okay, and, a, and a, just a small group of people grabbing the side of the train and trying to push it and trying to get go momentum. And in the beginning, it was really hard and it was, you know, we were barely moving just millimeters. But then more people started to join in and grab onto the train and more people started to push and it started to get momentum and things started building up. And then it was actually in the end getting to the point where like we were just holding on and going along for the ride, right? And it, and it does feel like that. I don't think we're in the going along for the ride stage. There's still a lot of, uh, of work ahead. But it does, we, we have this sense that things are picking up momentum. 
but we have not arrived. We are still on the journey. And that, that's actually really exciting, right? Like when you get to the end of a project or an end of something, it's kind of like, oh, it's over. But we're actually in the middle of something, really the beginning of something new that God wants to do in and through us in this city. And that is so, so exciting. I want to share with you uh, who are new, what our mission is as a church. Our mission is this, um, we, we, we exist to help all people, okay? We exist to help all people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. That is why we're here. That is why we exist. Can we put it up there? I'm wondering what's the, okay, yeah, you figured it out. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, our vision for us as a church is the same. We are a church that is fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. That is why we are here. And, uh, and I want you to know we are still fervently committed to the city of Port Moody and to this neighborhood. And so if you walked here or you biked here or you bust here or you drove less than 10 minutes to get here, that is why we are here, okay? Uh, and if you have come a lot f- from a lot further distance than that, <laughs> even some of the people on our serve team, thank you. Thank you for coming uh, and serving and being a missionary in this place. Or if you've come from outside and you're just checking out Jesus, thank you. You are welcome here as well. But our heartbeat really is for this city. We want to see people in this city come to know the incredible good news and hope that we have in Jesus. And that is why we are here. And friends, um, I said we are fervently committed to the city and we are also still fervently committed to good news. Okay, we're a good news church. We like to share good news, especially in a world that is so full of bad news. Am I right? It's just like all the time, just bad news, right? And every Sunday, our hope is is as you walk through these doors and you sit in these seats and you worship and you hear that you will hear good news resounding out as we sing, good news coming out as we proclaim, that you will walk away feeling encouraged, that you'll walk away feeling built up, that you'll walk away feeling lighter, you know, because of the good news that you've heard rather than burdens placed on your shoulders. And so we've been in a series in the book of Acts called Witness. And, um, and essentially, the book of Acts is the story of the good news starting in Jerusalem and moving out to Judea and into Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. It's the story of the very first church, the very first believers taking this good news and bringing it to everybody and anybody who would be willing to listen. And so uh, we are going to continue today in the book of Acts in chapter 16. Uh, And here's what we're going to see is that this good news campaign is a spirit-led one. This good news is for everyone. The good news is shared with people. And lastly, how this good news inspires us to live radical lives of hospitality to one another. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it's interesting because as I was thinking about this Sunday, I was like, I'm going to do this one-off vision message for everybody. And then I start reading Acts chapter 16. And this is exactly the text that was scheduled like four months ago to preach on this Sunday. And I read it and I thought, wow, Lord, you know way better than I do because this text is exactly what we need to hear in this season. Uh, And so I'm grateful that I kind of just get to go along with what God is doing sometimes. Uh, And so um, before we stand up, a little bit of context of where we are in Acts, because some of you are just joining the journey. We're in Acts chapter 16, meaning you've missed 15 chapters. Uh, And uh, (laughs) a lot has happened. Let's put it that way, all right? Jesus has died, 
and rose. He's been with his disciples. He ascended into heaven. That's a weird chapter. You should read that one. Uh, and chapter 2, the, belie- the church starts to expand. Believers are loving one another. And, and the story continues on from there. They, they, you know, people are getting healed. People are getting saved. They encounter persecution from the outside world, uh, you know, from the governments, both from like the inside the church, like the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, as well as in later chapters, they start experiencing persecution from the outside world, from the governors and the leaders and the rulers. And um, in chapter uh the last week, we ended up talking about really just the, the fact that, you know, God is still at work in and through us. And secondly, we were also talking about the fact that, you know, we, Jesus has fulfilled the law, so we don't have to. Jesus fulfilled the law, so, do, so we don't have to. And so when it comes to living out the ways of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, we don't have to, we get to. And that was good news, and I know it resonated with a lot of you. And this week, what we see is that Paul, now Paul was a guy named Saul. He was a murderer of Christians. He hated Christians. He wanted to stomp out uh, Christianity. He, uh, you know, he's continuing on his missionary journey. And he starts heading into new places and new lands uh, that, that, you know, are part of the Roman Empire and part of Greece. Uh, And he starts proclaiming the gospel there. And so, all of that context to state, if you're willing, Nabal, would you please stand as we read God's word? Acts chapter 16. And we're going to start. Ooh, those chairs. That's new. That's new. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, we're going to read Acts chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 6. Let's see what it's saying. It says this, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of uh, Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Mycenae to the seaport of Tros. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in the northern Greece was standing there and pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once and have concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed at Nicopolis and from there we reached Philippi, a major city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there for several days. On Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city uh, to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some of the women who had gathered there, women. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with all the members of her household and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. She's a little persistent. (laughs) One one day as we were going down to a place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who had earned a lot of money for her masters. She had followed Paul and the rest shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. 
Thank you, servant girl. But this went on day and night until Paul got so exasperated and so frustrated, he turned around to the demon within her and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, leave. <laughs> and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes for wealth were now shattered. So they, got, they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city was in uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are legal for us. Romans to practice, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. It's not a good day. They were severely beaten. And they were thrown into prison and the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeons and clamped their feet to stalks. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors immediately flew off and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And the jailer woke up to see the prison doors were wide open. Now he had assumed that all the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of God with him and with all who lived in the household. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And, then, and, and everyone in his household were baptized. He brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed. And the next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let these men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said that Silas and you are free to go. Go in peace. Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without trial and put us to prison. We're Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Nope. We're not going to do that. Let them come release us themselves. And when the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that they were Roman citizens. So they came and they apologized and they brought them out and they begged them to leave the city. And when Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. And there they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. God, thank you for this word. We're so grateful for your words this morning. I pray they would speak to us, they would lead us, they would direct us and guide us. We submit to them now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, we're 19 minutes in and I've just read the passage. <laughs> what does God wanna to say to us here today? I believe there's a few things. And um, the first is this. The Good News Campaign is a spirit-led event. The Good News Campaign is a spirit-led event. It, it, we, we see it here in the text. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia, but the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word. And then again, they were going to go into Bithynia, but then the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go there. And then Paul has a vision. 
And the vision says, come to Macedonia and help us. And so God speaks to him through this vision about where they are called to go. I absolutely love this. In a world full of visionary leaders and business plans and marketing campaigns, we're reminded this week that we, the people of God, are called to be led by God and him alone. It can be so easy for me in, in you know, the ivory tower to come with, up with all these kind of great ideas and plans and all these hopes, but if we do not submit them to God, if we do not submit to his direction, we have been misled. Now, I'm not telling us to wildly just follow every whim and thought that we have. It must be the Spirit. He's telling us not to go here. I was thinking of that scene from The Office. Do you remember where Paul and Dwight are driving the car and they're following the GPS? And then it tells them to turn right and they're clearly about to drive into a lake. And they're like, nope, the GPS is telling us go forward. Keep going. Keep going. And they're screaming. And it's this whole thing. They're just wildly following the GPS with no sense of like, with no sense. Do you know what I mean? This isn't what the, the, the Bible is calling us to do, but it's calling us to be attentive, all right? Attentive to his voice, to check the things that he's asking us to do by the word, and then also to discern within community. This is why our church has elders. Uh, the elders are the, you know, they're the last kind of check stop before crazy, okay? So the pastors come with all these different ideas and they pray and they consider and they say, ah, I think that's a good idea. Uh, maybe not so much on that one. You know, we, yeah, you know what? I think even though that's totally wild, God is calling you to do that uh, and we're gonna support you. All right, you know what? Let's pray about this a little bit more and go back to the drawing board, right? Um, this is, but we are called to be a people who follow the leading of God. And this is how Rail City started. The spirit of God was leading me, calling me, putting a fire in my bones for this city, for this neighborhood, for the people who call this area home. And I was a youth pastor up at, at, uh, at CA Church for 10 years and absolutely loved doing that. And about half of you were students there. Uh, and, um, and I loved youth pastoring so, so much. And I still go to summer camps and speak to kids because I love it. But I, I remember there was just started to be this stirring in my soul once we had moved, Jessica and I had moved back to Port Moody, and just this sense and this call from God over and over and over again where that he was calling me to do something different, that he was calling me to plant a church, that he was calling me to start something new here. Now, here's the thing. We don't, like I said, we don't just follow any whim. I'm like, okay, I'm quitting youth pastoring. We're starting a church. I prayed about it. I talked with Pastor Sam, Pastor Mark, they brought it before the elders. The elders all said, yeah, we believe this is good. And so even though we're like less than 10 minutes from Mariner right now, we followed God's voice and we followed his lead. You see, the good news is a spirit-led campaign. Spirit-led campaign. And I think of Moses in the desert. God promises that he will go with the people and Moses famously responds, he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And this is our heart as well. God, if your presence is not going to go with us, if this is not your will, do not send us up from here. But God, if it is, we will listen and we will follow, even if it's challenging, even if it's difficult, even if we're unsure. And this is what happened with Rail City. For a year and a half, we're meeting at Moody Middle School, and I'd often prayed about this space in the city. 
I said, Lord, if you open the doors, we'll walk through them. And God, if they say yes, we'll say yes. And we sense God leading and pulling on us. And so we said, okay, even though we're comfy, even though this feels good, even though this is like everything was going good at Moody Middle School. There's nothing wrong. Yes, it sounds better. Yes, the seats are more comfortable. But everything was fine. But we sense God's leading and call to bring us here. And so we followed. Secondly, this good news is for everyone. Absolutely everyone. I was struck this week as I considered this story, the diversity of the people the good news reached and transformed, and the people who started the church in Philippi. Let's think about this for, for a moment, okay? The first person they come across, Lydia, okay? She is a businesswoman, right? Uh, you get the picture. She's likely single. She's worked in sales her whole life. She's in the fashion industry, uh, you know, and and and. She's been rather successful, obviously, based off the size of her home. She's able to host people, have people over. She has extra rooms and extra space. And later on, we know that the church also met in her home. So we have this really, you know, uh, affluent, uh, you know, savvy, uh, strong woman of God, right, who hears the word of the Lord and then is changed by it. Secondly, th think of the next person they came across, a slave girl. Okay, a slave girl. Somehow she ended up in someone else's ownership. She was young. She was demonized. And her life was this, making money for someone else through fortune telling and card reading. And she, she in the story isn't even given a name. She's just called slave girl. She's nameless to everyone she encounters. Interesting. The third person the jailer or the jail guard. This is a blue collar dude, okay? He's working his nine to five. He probably goes home and cracks open, you know, a Moody Ale's beer, right? Like this is, uh, <laughs> he is the muscle, okay? Uh, he's working for the government. He probably likes to fix his chariot on the weekends, come home to his kids at dinner time. loves his wife, brings home the bread and the bacon because he's a Gentile, right? Um <laughs> Think of the diversity of the people that God reaches in this story. Could we come up with a completely different, like, group of, of more different individuals? Some really successful, some nobody, some blue collars, like, everywhere in between. And yet this good news comes into their lives and transforms them. Now I want you to look around this room. Look at the person on your left. And you're right, the person in front of you or behind you. You might share some commonalities. Maybe you live in this city or the surrounding city. Maybe your friends, maybe your neighbors. But as I look around this room, I see a lot of diversity, a lot of different ages, a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of different backgrounds. Some employed, some of you unemployed. Some retired, some tired. <laughs> some of you young and others vintage, right? <laughs> some with grown-up kids and other with little, little kids. And some of you are still kids, right? Some living paycheck to paycheck and others deciding what car they were going to drive here this morning. Some of you are, you know, some of you believe, some of you are skeptical. Some of you single, dating, cohabitating, right? They're everywhere in between. <laughs> Just look at the diversity of this room. 
And it's a reminder for us this morning that the gospel is for everyone, everyone and anyone. Not a certain group of people, not a certain type of people, not people who've got it together and figured out, but everybody and anybody, not just those who look like you and act like you. This is what I love about the gospel, the good news. It is spread to every corner of this planet, to every people group, to every language and nation. And it resonates with such a diverse group of people. Friends, this gospel is for everyone. And so if you're sitting in the room right now and you're like, I'm not sure I should be here. (laughs) I want to let you know you're welcome here. This good news is for you. And what is the good news, friends? The good news is this, is that God, there is a God. Let's start with that. Thank God. He created everything, including you and me. He has incredible plans for you and purposes for your life. And he loved you so much and he loved the world so much. He sent his one and only son to come among us. What we just celebrated at Christmas. He healed the sick. He noticed the marginalized. He cared for the individual. He did miracles. He told us what God was like. He loved us. And ultimately, he died for us on a cross. He gave his life for us. He paid the debt we should have paid. He died the death we should have died. And he rose from the grave, ensuring that you and I can have new life. And through this act on the cross, what he offered us was this, not condemnation, but love. Not condemnation, but forgiveness, grace, mercy, kindness. He said, you are welcome, just as you are. See, this good news is for everyone, and it is for you, my friends, every single one of you. The simple message that God loves you. He does. And so that means you're welcome here no matter who you are. Thirdly, here's the thing we see, this good news is shared. This good news is shared. In chapter 16, we see Paul proclaiming and sharing this message wherever the spirit leads. First, he's in Phrygia. It's very cold there, Phrygia. Uh, Then Galatia. And after having a dream, he heads to the Roman province of Macedonia to a major city called Philippi. And upon arriving there, as you know, he meets a woman named Lydia, a slave girl, and a jailer. Now, here's the thing that struck me. Paul cannot help but share the good news wherever he goes, but he is selective about how he shares it. He, in fact, uses different means and different approaches for different people. Different means, different approaches for different people. He did this through three ways, in word, in power, and in deed. In word, in power, in deed. Look at the first person. He walks up to Lydia and he joins in a conversation that they're having at a prayer meeting. He reasons with these women and one of them, Lydia, comes to faith. He uses the word of God to proclaim this truth to her. The slave girl, it's the power of God. He just proclaims in the name of Jesus Christ would that demon come out and she was free. And it it transformed her life. She was set free from this thing that was oppressing her. 
With the jailer, there's suddenly a massive earthquake and all of the prisoners could escape, including Paul and Silas. Uh, Like, mind you, they were singing. (laughs) Anybody ever go to prison, like sing hymns to the Lord, right? Like, these guys are just weird. But there's an earthquake and they could have escaped, but they stayed. They stayed. Why? Because the jailer, he was responsible for these men. And if they were to escape, that means that his life would be taken. This is why he pulls out his sword and why Paul yells out, hey, don't be afraid. Don't worry. We're all here. And he turns on the lights and he is just, he's in shambles. He can't believe it. You see, the word is shared in different approaches to different people. In word, in power, and in deed. And you all know this. There's different ways to reach people, right? Uh, Like, you know, if I want to get a hold of, uh, you know, uh, Mike or Jonathan, okay? They are call people, not text people. They don't like it, right? If you want to get a hold of Dave Johnson, don't bother calling him. Don't text him. FaceTime him, all right? You will get Dave Johnson, right? Some of you like to send emails, Jessica's one of them. She literally writes me emails. Okay, right? Uh, Some of you in the room, you're Facebook messenger types. We'll just leave that there. (laughs) Under 25, don't bother texting them, calling them. They will not pick up their phone, okay? They're very afraid of the phone and the noise that comes out of it. You can DM them, okay? Like you could send them a snap. Like, don't even try iMessage. It doesn't work, okay? Like, just go straight to social media. Here's the point. (laughs) We communicate in different ways to different people. And this is what Paul is doing in this story, okay? He is communicating in word and in power and in deed. Friends, um, we need to continue to grow as a word church, and, and, and bring the word of God into our conversations. Bring the word of God into our coffee shops. Bring our, the word into our family dinners. We need to continue to bring the word to reach people. Now, not forcefully, but naturally. Okay, on Friday, I was talking with this guy at Black Sugar, uh, and we were just having this really cool conversation, sharing back and forth, and I was sharing my perspective, he was sharing his, and Neither of us were pushy, but we were just sharing our thoughts and having a conversation. This is what we can do with the words of God. We just bring them into conversations. We can do this in power. Now, naturally, in this new space, our primary place of connection is going to become the foyer, right? It's going to be the foyer, or they call it the galleria, right? Uh, and, um, And so here's what I would love to see. I'd love to see this space after service Transform into a place where you can continue to connect with God and continue to pray with each other and come to the front. We're going to have this today. Come to the front where you you can actually receive prayer. I want this to be a place where people can experience Jesus' presence and explore the power of prayer and experience freedom from oppression. We need to grow in our, our faith to step out in power and to ask things in Jesus' name. And finally... We, we need to continue to grow in deeds, in deeds. And I think we need to double our effort to sacrificially serve our neighbors, to love this city, to give generously to this community. God is calling us, church, to disadvantage ourselves for the sake of others, to pay the high cost of love and declare God's good news through deeds like Paul did that day. 
He could have taken off, but he stayed to show love to this man. And we've been doing this through neighborhood cleanups where we've been cleaning up garbage in the neighborhood or we've been doing Love My City Days and more. But as the amount of work decreases in this place on our Sunday services, we get to put our efforts now to loving our neighbors like the jailer did. And this is how the good news is shared. It's shared through loving one another and through, through word and through power and through deed. And here's the last point. The good news inspire us to live lives of radical hospitality. Really, this is a continuation of the last point with it being deeds in many ways, but I want to emphasize it for us today. Because we see that the good news inspired in them hospitality. We see it with Lydia, right? As soon as she comes to faith, she says, please, come stay in my house. <laughs> like, and she persisted until they, they were willing to stay. We see with the jailer, right? After he comes to faith, he begins to tend to their wounds and care for them. He sits them down at their table and he gives them a hot meal. See, friends, we need to get better when it comes to hospitality and being welcoming and caring for our neighbors. One of the things, and uh, Rob was talking to me about this the other day, and I was thinking about why don't we open up the Galleria here from 9.30 to 10 where people can just come in and have coffee and pastries and connect with one another. And so we're going to start doing that next Sunday. Friends, we are called to show radical and yet ordinary hospitality. I think of this quote from Rosaria Butterfield, who paints a picture of what radical hospitality looks like. She says this, those who live it see strangers as neighbors and neighbors as family of God. They see God's image reflected in the eyes of every human being on the earth. Those who live out radically ordinary hospitality see their homes not as theirs, at all, but as God's gift to use for the furtherance of the kingdom. They open their doors. They seek out the underprivileged. They know that the gospel comes with a house key. See, this is what God is calling us to, that we as a church would become hospitable. We would care and love our neighbors. We would love this city. We would not become an insulated holy huddle of just those who are part of this community, but we would welcome people from the outside in. We would welcome them to our table. We would give them, uh, you know, a cup to drink. We would give them food to eat. We would care for them and their kids and their families and the things that matter to them. We would be radically hospitable. And this is what we need to continue to do in this space. Because I want to remind us once again, the church is a people and not a building. On the radio the other day, I heard this interview on the podcast uh, Ideas, and there was a woman named Rachel Kowalski. And she's a frontline worker in the ER, and she was speaking about how the origins of the word hospital is actually the word hospitable. Hospitals used to be places where people could get a warm meal and healthy food and feel cared for. A place of refuge, a place where the foreigner could feel safe. And she speaks about how far away they've come from that reality. No offense to those of you who work in that industry. But if we are not careful, we can drift in our mission and call to be hospitable and become cold and white and unhospitable right? Just, just a place where you only go when there's an emergency. 
This is not the type of place we want to be. We want to play in this theater, create a place where people feel welcome and loved and included. Rachel shares that hospitality is the connection between the guest and the host. And that can take place in any space. This is why I say the church is not a building but a people. Because you get to welcome the newcomer. And say, welcome home. Through your words, your interactions, a smile, genuinely caring, listening, praying for, staying behind, helping out a struggling parent, welcoming a new face, inviting someone to lunch or dinner or for a coffee this week or just simply saying, hey, do you want to come sit with me? Friends, we are called to be like the church of Philippi, which welcomed everybody. And so to conclude, I want to charge us with Paul's words to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 2. Here's what he says. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly glad by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Yes, even in 2023. And loving one another. And working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't try to look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was in the form of God, he did not take equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Would we live lives like these? Tender and compassionate, agreeable, loving, on purpose, selfless, leaving the ego at the door, humble lives modeled after Jesus. They did it, and it changed the world, and we can do it too. And so friends, to conclude this message here, the AC has come on in Jesus' name. And um, I'm going to pray for us. Would we be these people? The good news is a spirit-like campaign. The good news is for everyone. The good news is shared in word and power and deed. And the good news inspires radical hospitality. This is the kind of church we want to become and the church we want to be. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today and thank you for this morning. I thank you for every individual who has joined us for this service. God, I pray that this text would be a launch pad for us as a community. The Lord, that we would be a people who follow your lead. Thank you for leading us to this place. We trust you. That we would be a people who welcome everybody and anybody who walks through these doors with a kind of welcomeness that they have not experienced anywhere before. God, would we be a people who continue to spread the word through word and through power, but also through our deeds. Help us with this, I pray. And Jesus, I pray that you would help us to be inspired once again to be a hospitable people, not just in this space and this place, but throughout the week and in our homes and through our families. Help us to live this text, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. 
You can go to cachurch.ca slash rail city to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the Rail City campus of CA Church.